pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. From MechanicalHub.com, this is the Make Trades Great Again podcast with your host, Eric Ani. That's me and my good friend, Annie Mickelson, all the way over in Missoula, Montana. We are two small business owners with a passion and a bit of experience in the trades. So thanks for joining us on our venture to make trades great again. Enjoy. All right, Andy, I hit record. How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing awesome. Uh, today, I'd like to talk about bringing it back to the episode we talked about how to be a great apprentice or how just to be an apprentice. And we got a lot of cool feedback on that. On Instagram, if you follow along, you might have saw uh, a few weeks ago, I asked people to send us audio clips on what they thought it takes to be a great apprentice. And we got some, and we got some really good ones. I thought they were really cool. So I thought we'd share them today. What do you think about that? I think it sounds like a good idea. Uh, definitely want to uh, sh- throw a shout out to those that uh, did participate. Um, we certainly appreciate it. So uh, thanks for taking the time to do that. Yeah. One of these guys, um, well, all of them are, are coming from Instagram. So if you, if you, are following uh, following along on uh, Andy's account at Mick Plum or on Mechanical Hub on Instagram, you'll see promotions of our podcast periodically, and then there's another Mechanical Hub podcast, the the uh, Not Dead Yet podcast, hosted by my business partner John Mason Brink and uh, our guy Tim Ward, and they're doing some interview stuff with different people in the industry. It was really cool. Their first episode just dropped recently and it was um interviewing Steve Richman who is oh like the brand innovation president I forget his official title at Milwaukee um but really cool guy cool interview to learn a little bit about where he's from and how he's really helped innovate the Milwaukee brand so check that out check us out on Instagram uh on all our social medias if you don't already but you'll get to maybe get in on some kind of participation thing like this, what we're going to share today with what others thought about being a great apprentice. So should we jump right into it? Let's do it. All right. So this one is from Brad. And uh, I I put a little note in here, just the basics. This is what Brad has to say. So hit play here on his audio. Hopefully this works out well. What makes a good apprentice? First off, you're going to want to show up on time every day, ready to work. Your boss will love it. Second, slowly gather tools during your apprenticeship and learn how to use them. There's nothing more frustrating than an apprentice who does not know how to use a wrench. And third, take pride in your work, you know? I know it's all for money, but if you have you know, some pride, you're going to feel good about what you do, and it's going to go by a lot easier. And absorb as much information with from the guy that you're working under as possible. It's all going to come into play. So there you go. Take pride in your work. Uh, know how to use your tools. Show up happy. That kind of thing. What do you What do you think about that? What do you think about what Brad has to say, Andy? Well, I definitely think he's got some good good key points there. Um, I I find the uh, the show up at work uh, on time. That's a, I don't know, I think that's a, a pet peeve of everybody's. Um, not everybody's good about being punctual and, and being on time, but 
it's incredibly important. Um, and I think that that's probably just a general life thing and maybe not quite an apprentice, just an apprentice thing, but even as a journeyman, it's, it's incredibly important. Um, I find on my own, uh, being my own boss, it's sometimes really easy to go, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't have to be there yet. I can be there in a few minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this paperwork first. And next thing you know, you're 45 minutes late and you're like, Oh, that just didn't work. Right. So yeah, the, the, the on time thing is, is super important. (laughs) It's crazy listening to you talk about, Oh, you know, being your own boss and like, Oh, I'm going to do this quick. I don't have to be there. I think you just described like, I hate to say this, like every day for me, at least it feels like when looking back, like I feel like I do that all the time. I am terrible for that. I will like be texting my customers or somebody like running a little late, you know, last call took a little longer and it's almost never true. It's almost like I was, (laughs) I, I decided to clean my van and I didn't have time to do it, but I did it, you know? Yeah. Cause I didn't have to be there right at that time. Right. Yeah. I, I stopped to look up the spec sheet on this new water heater that I was interested in. I squirreled and next thing you know, I'm on Instagram for four hours. What? The? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's never like, yeah, it's never like, Oh, I was, I was at a training class or I did something really productive. It's always like, no, I just, you know, I had to like, I entered some payments in QuickBooks. You're like, which is important. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But also yeah. the appointment I had pre, I had, you know, I had, uh, committed myself to was probably pretty important too, right? Yeah. Well, to somebody. <laughs> yeah. I'm That's terrible. 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 It usually happens for me. I notice when I don't have like a overwhelming day, like I have like two or three calls at first, like nothing major. And I know that. Yeah. And then I'm like quick to be like, Oh, it's no big deal. I can, you know, I can do this. Like you had said. And uh, so I admit that. I would le- I would love to be able to capitalize on every potential productive day. I get it. I totally get it. It just doesn't work. But all right. Well, well, Brad so, said you know show up on time, and you brought and you highlighted that because I know that's a big thing uh, for you for everybody. I'm not you know singling you out. So I I want to ask you this though. <laughs> uh, just what what do you think when you hear that you know on time is late? You know or on time is early or how does that saying go? Like if you show up on time, you're late, but if you show up 15 minutes early, you're on time, something like that. Like, how does that, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what am I trying to say here? Can I, can you better? (laughs) Yeah. Can you say it better? I think if it's, if, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. Something, something along those lines. You're, you're right. Yes. So my thoughts are on that. And I think it relates to Brad's other point of being prepared. And if you're, on time, which means we're going to start work at eight o'clock. If you are there, if you stroll through the door at eight o'clock, you're not prepared to go to work yet. Right. And I'm not, and I'm not saying this in the, in the essence of you need to be like at eight o'clock, you should have your tool belt on and everything is ready to rock and roll. You're ready to start earning money. Um, there are, so many arguments about, no, I should be paid to get ready to go to work. 
and and it I'm going to say this totally depends on your employee employer agreement. What does your boss expect of you, and what do you feel is appropriate to provide? Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of animosity between different trades as to what happens and when. Uh, I know in my personal experience, I want what I want from my employees is if we're going to, we're going to start the day at eight o'clock at eight o'clock, we're ready to begin discussing what we're going to do that day. Um, these are the tasks that we need to get done. I've got the tools that I'm ready. I'm going to start gathering materials and we're going to start actually doing the job. You're not doing that at seven forty-five. You're doing that. You're starting that at eight, or are you saying you are yeah. going to start working at eight and be there at seven forty-five so we can talk about what we're going to do? No, typically, if if we're going to meet at seven forty-five, um, at from seven forty-five until eight o'clock, I'm asking my guys, "Hey, um, what you guys do this weekend? What's what's going on? What's new in life? What's carrying on?" And then at eight o'clock, it's business. Um, you know, I that's, gotcha. that's yeah. typically the, the direction I go with it. Um, I look at it in the point that I'm paying my guys at starting at eight o'clock and they generally aren't doing things that are profitable to me until eight o'clock. Um, okay. You know, there's, okay. there's going to be times where that changes. Uh, yeah. you know, if, if a customer says, Hey, I got to leave at nine, you know, to, to go do something. Well, okay. We're going to start at you know, we'll be at your house at eight o'clock. And then at that point, they're going to have to start earlier in order to achieve eight o'clock arrival. But that's whatever. But that's, that's my, my opinion of it. And I'm probably going to get backlash from people that'll be like, well, that's not being prepared, but that's my, that's my opinion of being prepared. Okay. Um, can I, can I give my you, account you on can. that? Please do. If, if you want here, I'm not picking on you. This is in general. Yep. This is my thought. And I am not the stand up for the workers or st- down with the boss kind of person. I, you know, cause I am the boss too. Right. And so I can see it from both sides. Uh, I've always been very amenable to, uh, you know, if you want me there at seven 45, but we're not going to work until eight and or six 45, we're not gonna work till seven. Like I get that. I'm okay with you as long as I'm told like, Hey, I want you here 15 minutes early so you can get prepared. I feel that, you know, if the, if the foreman or the bosses, I feel like I want everybody here. I just would be, I would be a better person to deal with. And and we all have a better day if we all get here at this time, but then, you know, I don't expect you to work until, you know, okay, I get that. That's fine. But that's my point. If, if being on time means you have to be early, like that saying, I think it's crock of shit. I th- I say, you want me there early, then you tell me to be there early. I get that you can't be necessarily ready to go if you show up, quote unquote, on time, like at the seven o'clock mark or whatever, right? I understand that. But I'm just saying it's a communication problem. Like, just tell me you want me there early then. Because if I was, if I had somebody working for me and I said, I want you there 15 minutes early so we can be prepared to start at the t- start time then I'm going to say that. That's all I got to say. I'm not, I'm not singling you out or anybody. I just wish people, yep. I, I don't think you should have, I, I shouldn't, I don't think it should be just a uh, unwritten rule. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. I, and that's, that's kind of, you know, like say with my guys, I don't tell them, Hey, you know, I want you to be there at seven forty-five so we can stand around and BS. Uh, it's, Hey, you know what? We're going to meet over here. But you know, in, in my bit, in, in the way I operate my business, 
it, it at this point in time with our size, it is the most uh, appropriate means of of meeting. Is we generally meet at a supply house. Uh, uh-huh. We'll do that because we can gather our parts right there, and you know, immediately after we've discussed talking about a job, saves me from having to have a shop full of parts and inventory. Uh, right. So I don't. But anyway, um, I usually, you know, my guys know we start at eight. And if you show up at 10 minutes early, I'll probably be there. If you show up 15 minutes early, I may or may not be there. Uh, right. If I, if you show up two minutes early, you're still on time. I don't want you to be rolling into the job at 8.02 because at 8, gotcha. 8 o'clock, I'm going, where the hell is it? Where, where's, where's my guys? It's time to go. We, yeah. we need to, the day started. You know, right. Uh, that's 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 my outlook on it. Um, I think that if you're at seven fifty nine, technically you're not late. You're cutting it close, but you're not late. Yeah, I think it comes down to that you know punching that time clock clock kind of thing. You know yep. that mentality where it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to pay you, so I can't really ask you unless we can all just agree. Like, hey, let's give a f- few minutes early. You know, at, at the front side and probably going to benefit in the end like so we work till 3 30 and if you leave at 3 15 i'm probably not gonna matter it's not gonna matter to me you know what i mean like i'll pay you till 3 30 or whatever you know what i mean so like i just always feel like that that saying is always just kind of like just kind of always just been a poke in my side a little bit but so that's cool brad thank you for sending that in we're gonna beat that one to death but uh aman (laughs) i believe that's how you say his name a-m-a-n aman he's uh He's got some cool points, like know what's next, ask questions, stuff like that. So let's give him a listen here. I think one of the most important things that makes a really good apprentice is somebody who literally understands what it takes to complete jobs. You know, you you always want to stay motivated as an apprentice, but like days can knock you down, you know, especially if you got to do things that you might not fully understand why you're put into that position. But, you know, when you're an apprentice, you have to earn your respect. You have to really earn your title as you go. You know, it starts with, hey, can you get me this fitting? You go grab that fitting and come back with maybe two of what he asked. Or, you know, just little things like that, showing that you are respecting each and every single task that's given to you and taking it real real serious asking the questions about the system whether it be just you're changing a freaking relief valve on you know a a boiler or something like okay like why is this what is what is the functionality of what i'm doing like you have to always be attentive of what's going on no matter how small the task is i feel if you want to be a successful apprentice Great points there. Uh, started out, I was like, well, wait a minute. How how are you supposed to know how to complete the job if you're like a first-year guy? But then he went on to explain, like, ask questions. Like, you're not going to know, I think is what his Amon's point was, is you're not going to know unless you ask questions. And keep that drive, you know, going. Like, you got to, you got to... You got to want more. And if you don't want more, then you got to question whether or not you're doing the right thing. But like, you have to want to know the next step, every step in order to complete the job. That's my opinion on being a great apprentice. Personally, that's kind of what it comes down to it for me. All the things that should be, to me, the, the, the basic stuff show up on time. Everything we've talked about many times already. And they're bringing up two good, great points. Like aside from that, in the end, like, 
I think Amon makes an awesome point. Like, ask why you're doing what you're doing. You and I have said so many times, Andy, it's not the it's not the how. Like, I can teach anybody the how, but if you can understand the why, you are gonna be the best there is. You know, that's my opinion. Yep, I I definitely agree with that, um, and I and I do like his his topic his uh, point there is that you know if generally when I'm trying to teach somebody a task, uh, if I have someone that's just standing there shaking their head, and I don't know if they're comprehending, if they um, come back to my last statement with a a direct question of like, okay, so I get this and why does this happen? That, that indicates to me that whatever I'm doing is working. Um, if I've getting no feedback as a, as the instructor side of it or the, uh, the teacher side of it, it's really difficult to continue or to make sure that you're getting all of the points that we're, that we're trying to, uh, to trying to teach. So I do think those are, it's definitely important to ask questions. Um, it, it, I was listening to that and it brought up this, that the old saying that, you know, there's no such thing as stupid questions. And I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, <laughs> I think there are stupid questions. Uh, <laughs> sure. Why and, not? And he, here's, here's, yeah. So here's what I'm going to say about that. And I'm not trying to say, you know, well, don't ask stupid questions. No, but if you ask a stupid question, be prepared for a stupid or equally not intelligent, uh, answer. Um, if you ask a question that is a, I'm going to call it an ignorant or a lazy question, I'm probably going to be irritated. Uh, that's generally the way I work. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pass judgment on you and be like, oh, dumbass asked a stupid yeah, question. You're, yeah, um, you're, you're but, better than that. Right. If, if you, if, if, if you fully know the answer to this question and you, ask me a question like, um, are we going to work today? Um, <laughs> that's a stupid question for a, <laughs> for a equally stupid answer. Now, um, that yeah. said, well, I'm going to work. I, I don't know what you're going to do sitting on your thumb over there already there, Pally. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if, if I'm, uh, if, if you, I'm trying to think of how to, how to phrase this. If, if there's something that you, you'd feel like you should know, but don't know and are reluctant to ask the question, don't ask the question. Um, and, and, and be honest, be honest with that question and go, you know, I, I, okay. I don't understand why we use closely spaced T's. What, what, what is the reason for closely spaced T's? I mean, it, I see that we have to do it this way, but why do we do it that way? That in my mind is a, I, you know what? Perfect. Great. Let's let's stop for a second. Let's discuss about why that is. There's there's no there's no um, question that I think that is too elementary. So long as you you know you've put some effort into that question, that I guess that's where I go with that. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, yeah, I think it does. I think and in your point is, I think you've made a good point, and um, I'd like to say I you know I was trying to make somewhat of the same point, like you. We want to, we want you to know why, not just the how. And so your, your point in, you know, giving the, the, we take the questions as feedback to whether or not to gauge whether or not you're learning. And so asking those questions, whether 
you know, put some thought into it. Think about it. It'll help you understand. You might even know the answer already. You could verify that kind of thing. The 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 how is good. The why is better. And we're only going to get there if we are interacting and, and making sure we're all on the same page. Making sure, you know, I want to make sure that you're, you know, you know, smell what I'm stepping in, basically. All right. So now we're going to go to Ryan. Ryan, uh, he brings up a good point. This is a little more pointed towards maybe uh, the advanced apprentice or somebody in a more technical field like plumbing, heating, electrical, things like that. But let's 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 give Ryan a listen. I think you're going to get a chuckle out of the first thing he has to say. What makes a good apprentice? Uh, Top of my list would be reading the manual, reading the directions for whatever product you're putting in, whether it be a water heater, tanks water heater, combi boiler. I mean, pick up the directions and read them, study them. It will help your install go so much smoother, and it will have that product put in perfectly for the customer and working as it should. Yeah, so there you go. Working as it should. Read the manual, the hashtag RTFM. Read the <laughs> effing manual. Yeah. So yeah, that should be set. That's a that's a good point for even the journey person out there uh in these trades where a manual might be might uh be appropriate for your your job that day. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a topic of a future meeting with my crew um, because we just recently ran into an issue with that, and I'm not going to elaborate, but it's it's as simple as that. Uh, we we get we get lackadaisical or we get comfortable in in the installs that we're doing, and and especially if you're you know let's say you've installed Brand X's tankless water heater for the last five years. They don't really change much. I'm sure the program is a little different, but hot water goes to the hot connection and the cold goes to the cold and the condensate comes out here and yeah, okay, great. Well, if you didn't read the newest generation of the manual, you may not understand how the recirculation piping ties in. It may be different. And yeah, if you read the manual... Yeah, well, how many times does a carpenter install a, a, you know, like a pre-hung door, right? Or some kind of crazy, you know, pocket door or just whatever. Like, look, you're going to get products that come onto the job site, whatever it is in your trade. And it's going to be similar to the last hundred that you did or the last thousand that you did. But it's just a little bit different. And sometimes the instructions are (laughs) are the one thing that's going to get you through that whole situation because you're going to find out in the end you wasted a lot of time you have to redo something sometimes products are wasted like read the manual like we're not above you know every one of us has something to learn every single day so give me a break come on like that's so to me it's so simple but you know so that brings us on to robert he uh he has some good points here let's listen to what robert says you know getting along with others working hard stuff like that the question is, what makes a good apprentice? I believe that a good apprentice is someone that you can talk to and relate with. Um, they would also be able to just stay working without you having to tell them every little thing to do. Uh, hard worker at the end of the day. Yeah, somebody you can talk to and relate with. That can be tough. I mean, not everybody's personality meshes with 
you know, the person you're working for or working with, you know, we talked about that. We had some people we just had, could never get along with, but I guess, yeah. I mean, that would make for a better apprentice if I can get along with you or if you can get along with me. We're not all perfect here. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, tough to sometimes to get past that. And I think that's a, that's got to be an equal, I guess an equal attempt by both employer and employee um, to just go, Hey, you know what? We, we see things differently and I gotta, I gotta do what's asked of me. Um, you know, so long as it's safe, don't, I mean, you don't have to do anything that's stupid and dangerous, but, um, you know, if, if you disagree, you know, find a way to mutually figure out how to resolve that issue. Uh, I think we've talked about this in the, in past episodes that if you're not happy where you're at, you got to make a change. Something's got to, something's got to give because, we spend a lot of time at work and it, you should generally enjoy it. Yeah. I think Robert's, I think he's touching on a a topic that we talked about, um, you know, where it's that whole, that whole situation where are you friends or are you coworkers or, or is this professional or is there kind of a mix? And a lot of people take that apprentice journey person relationship, beyond just professional, right? Like to remain professional is important, but to get along, uh, to Robert's point to, you know, let's try to, and to yours, Andy, let's try to get along. Let's try to make this a better time together. You know, that's, that's important to a lot of people. And I think it's, I think it's paramount, but you know, end of the day, I still, I, I, I would support anybody that said, look, we're here to do work. We're not here to be buddies. I, I get that. I can, I can respect that. So that's my two cents on that. Uh, Terrence. Terrence is the last recording we got here. So Terrence is, he sent us a video. I pulled the audio from Terrence. Did not follow directions. (laughs) No, here we go. Let's hear what Terrence has to say. Hey, everyone. This is Terrence with Impetus Plumbing and Heating. I just want to give my two cents on what makes a great apprentice with Make Trades Great Again with um, Mick and Eric from Mechanical Hub. So there are four points that I wanted to go over quickly about what makes a great apprentice. Um, One, I would say, would be an apprentice that knows his worth. Um, He definitely needs to have some self-awareness and know where he is and where he stands in a company. That's a really important aspect. I'm sure you guys can talk more about that. The second one would be uh, an apprentice that would always be that would always be prepared. Um, In essence, have preparation over every job. It would be one that would ask about what is being done the next day and one that would study upon that work before getting the work done. That makes a great apprentice, in my opinion, because he is always prepared. Um, third, it is an apprentice that doesn't just think about money, um, but he has an attitude to learn. All great apprentices come from wanting to learn. If you only think about money within this trade because you can make good money, then you're in it for the wrong reason um, because a lot of the times the money will come when you have that experience behind you. Um, the last thing I would say that makes a great apprentice will be one that takes pride in his work. This one speaks for itself. Everybody should have pride and passion on doing their work if they really want to be the best in this trade. And that's how you make a great apprentice, or that's how you become a great apprentice, is by being somebody who is passionate about your work. And those are my two cents of what makes a great apprentice. 
All right. So if you're wondering why I waited to play this, because he, Terrence just covered everything we've already talked about. Oh, one recording. Thank you, Terrence. That was awesome. No, I I put this last because I think it was a good way to round out the conversation. Like he he hits all the points that were brought up by everybody else. He adds the one in there about, you know, this isn't just about money. You know, like it's important. Yes, you're going to get paid, but like you have to take pride in it. Like take pride in what you're doing and, you know, the money will come. You know, I, I, that's, I thought he made some really good points. I did as well. I I like that the the concept of the one that he had brought up is that that I appreciated was that the kind of know your place, and that's that's important. Not not from like a, a disciplinary standpoint, but the the apprentice does need to understand that there are going to be there is going to be a hierarchy of employees or or peers that you're working with, and you're not always going to be your, I don't know. How do I say this without sounding like a dick? Um, Your opinion may not always be uh, valued. Um, You know, definitely, you know, make, you know, say, Hey, you know, if we did it this way, would that work? I mean, cause that's, that's going to be a learning question, right? You know, is, Hey, you know, I think if we rig this thing differently, we may, we may get better results and you may get, a journeyman that barks back and says, Nope, we're not doing it that way. We're doing it my way. <laughs> okay. You got to go with that. Um, in that learning position and that apprenticeship position, especially you need to be willing to accept, um, criticism and also, um, follow very closely to instructions. It may mean the, uh, success of the job. It may mean the, uh, safety of your life. Um, you know, those are, those are important things to keep in mind that, as the apprentice, there are many pitfalls that you may not be aware of in whatever the task is. And so it's important to make sure that you're following those instructions and, and kind of know, know your place. You know, what, 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 am, what am I supposed to do here? If you don't know, ask. Just simply ask the question. It's like I said earlier, it's not a stupid question. If you go, hey, I, I, don't, I, don't, I guess I don't quite understand what it is that you want me to do. Can you, can you elaborate on that? And you journeyman hopefully at that point is going to say yep let's let's go talk about this here's what you need to do this is what i want you to do i agree yeah knowing your place is nothing wrong with that i mean the i think the best leaders are going to consider and value those learning questions or those ideas we've talked about that we both agree on that like you you as a as somebody who's trying to train these apprentices be open-minded to the idea that you might have something to learn from them as well. But, you know, knowing the place and, and, and just maybe not anticipating isn't probably the right word, but just understanding that you might not get the feedback you're looking for when you pose that question or that state, you know, idea or whatever. And because like you said, you pointed out, like maybe that journeyman is going to be like, Nope, we're going to do it my way. That's the way we're going to do it. Okay. That's fine. You know, um, there will come a time where if, if that's the way you want to be when you're the journeyman, you can be that way too. So yeah, great points by Terrence. I think these are cool. Uh, I, I thought this is fun. I, I think we, um, I, well, I know we're going to do this again. I just hope that we can get such great feedback from everybody, um, on some other topic, the same kind of, you know, I think the format worked pretty good. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, a fun, 
fun little bit um, and and a good way to get uh, interactions. So um, definitely be looking out for another question coming from us, uh, and we'll see if we can't keep it entertaining. Right on, right on. So if you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed any of our episodes, please let us know. If you've got feedback for us, good, bad, and different, whatever, uh, please leave a rating on your streaming app because that's going to help us uh, figure out what we need to do better. It's going to help other people find us and help us make help you make trades great again. So thanks, everybody, for your time. We really do appreciate it. Hope you're out there killing it. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. And um, like Andy said, watch out for future opportunities to give us some feedback and help participate in this this endeavor to make trades great again. Thanks, Andy. Have a good day, man. All right, you too. The Make Trades Great Again podcast is hosted by Andy Mickelson and Eric Ani. It is brought to you in partnership with MechanicalHub.com, a Mechanical Hub LLC property. If you want to get in on show ideas and topics or possibly be a guest host, send us an email to MakeTradesGreatAgain at gmail.com. That's MakeTradesGreatAgain at gmail.com. We'll try to respond if we can, and we're always on the lookout for great new topic ideas. We're just a couple plumbers talking about the trades and our experiences, and we'd love to include you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please hit that uh, review button on your podcast player. Let us know what you think. Give us a star rating, one, two, three, four, and I hope it's five. Have a good one.